And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 93 today, uh, The Law of One and the, or the uh, Raw Material um, with our guest Brian Scott. Uh, Brian Scott runs a YouTube channel as well called Reality Revolution. He has a podcast. Uh, good stuff if you like meditation and uh, dimensional metaphysics type stuff. Check check his page out. Uh, you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice. As you can see, we get all the links there. The links are also below. For $2 a month, you get access to uh, some exclusive content. Uh, but uh, without further ado, what's going on, Brian? How are you? Good to have you back on. I'm doing great. So excited to be here. It's good to be back. Glad to have you. Absolutely. Um, so we were t- texting back and forth a little bit, and uh, I check out your channel when uh, I have time because um, I de- I meditate a lot. So I like some of the uh, the frequency stuff you do. You know, like five twenty eight hertz and that kind of stuff with the awesome. guided meditation. You do some good stuff. Uh, but you also talk about other subjects too: channeled stuff, metaphysical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things you brought up was this thing I had never heard of, which was called the Law of One, uh, the raw material, which is a channeled piece from the early 80s um, that involves this entity claiming to be raw, who is the raw, the god of, uh, you know, known from ancient Egypt. Right. Um, and he's basically answering questions to these people that are asking him all sorts of questions about ancient history and right. you know the universe that kind of stuff so what do you what's your take on it and uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the origin of it sure I'm I'm definitely interested in channeled works and there's always that question is how much how legit is any channeled work how much is it coming from the channeler so Sometimes you take it with a grain of salt, but the, the, the entirety of the material in the Law of One resonates. Uh, if you read it, it's doctoral level metaphysics when, when the language use can be a little difficult for, for people to understand. But the information is powerful and thought provoking and very interesting to talk about. It, it covers everything from our place in the universe and the way that we move through different levels of consciousness and reincarnation and the history of the solar system and all kinds of interesting things. So it, 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 it is incredibly pro- thought-provoking and exciting if even 50% of it has some level of truth. So it's fun to talk about, for sure. Now, um, it's, it's also, just to point out, it's not raw isn't considered just one person based on these. Right. So the, the concept in the Law of One, so the... the it's the way that they channeled is not like when you look at like Esther Hicks channeling on stage where she's or, or somebody or, or Bashar uh, it's three people. These people have been researching channeling. This is happening a lot starting during when, when LSD is starting to come out and they're experimenting with different psychedelics and they, they, they put together an idea that they'll have one hypnotist that pulls in into deep trance that, that is uh asking the questions and then one person that's doing the channeling and another person that's a scribe and the and the the three people together seem to create a more legitimate type of channeling experience the law of one is jim mccarty don 
Elkins and Carla Ruckert. Carla Ruckert is the one that's doing the channeling. She's written a book about channeling. Uh, and you can even read some of her writings and see the difference in the language used in the law of one. So you can, a lot of times, like with old writings, people can go back and look at Shakespeare and see, oh, Shakespeare wrote that because of the his syntax and, and writing. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to look at when a normal channeler is talking and you can compare their syntax and is this the channeler? And so the, the person asking the questions, super deep, very, very good detailed questions. Um, and so the, 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 the channel starts and the interesting thing they realize is that they can only ask questions of this channel. Uh, he, this channel will not just suddenly just start giving information, almost as if it's, it's limited as to how much it can reveal. It will only reveal as long as it doesn't violate the free will of the people involved or people that may listen to it. And the, the informa- they can only get questions answered. Ra's never going to volunteer in any information. So over the course of about three years, you can go to lawofone.info and watch uh, and listen to the recordings and the way that the channel is occurring, and you can judge for yourself. Uh, but there's some incredible questions about physics, about reincarnation, and there's some really interesting answers that come out of it that that are super interesting and thought-provoking. One of the first concepts that's discussed is the idea that there are seven levels of consciousness, densities of consciousness that we go through, starting at you know at the basic level, fire, wind, just a, a you know just a bacteria, and then moving up to second density where we're animals and plants that have some feelings and and survival instincts, and then we move up to third density where we have awareness and consciousness like we do now, but there are according to Ra additional levels of consciousness that we're moving through we have a fourth level of consciousness which is similar to love a fifth level of consciousness which is an understanding a sixth level which is like an ascension almost to another level that's harder to explain and a seventh level which is the beginning of another level and so he's explaining that planets that beings all go through these levels of consciousness uh, as a way that the the assertion by Ra who, interestingly enough, Ra claims to at one time had visited the Earth in the past to bring this information. Ra is a social memory complex, which is what you're talking about. The idea is that as we move to higher levels of consciousness, there are social memory complexes that occur. So when you hear people channeling entities, they say we or our, it's because there's a point in time where our consciousness melds with other consciousness. And in the universe, there are social memory complexes that form naturally as a part of the natural evolution. There is uh, groups of consciousness. And so Ra is, according to Ra, the social memory complex of the planet Venus from millions of years ago, existing outside of time and in in, a humble messenger of this law, explaining the dynamics of it and how it works. So when you're reading this, you know, your jaw opens and and how do I take this? It's pretty interesting stuff, right? So yeah, I yeah. can go keep on going. Well, no. But. So I just wanted to point out too, um, just so people have a background on actual right. the actual raw from ancient Egypt. Uh, he was known as you know basically the sun god, or you know, and then right. later on he was fused with Horus. That's why you see the eye of Horus and the eye of Ra are pretty much the right. same thing. Um, and then later on in later dynasties, they even changed it again to Amun Ra. Um, right. So, 
he's obviously the, the raw character was considered, you know, the sun god. So I guess my question would be where this group identity, what did you call it? A group identity complex or social memory complex, social memory right. complex. How does, what does that have to do with, um, the sun number one and number two, okay. um, if that's the case, if this, let's say the raw actually came down in ancient Egypt, then why, um, why is it portrayed as like a, a the one God or, you know, the, the right. creator God, as opposed to, let's say, like you're saying, like a, right. You know. It's super fascinating when you get to the idea of the sun. So he's, um, it, historically he may have been considered a sun God, but in some ways when Ra explains it, he's definitely, uh, there's great magnificent respect for the sun. When you look at the universe, as they ask questions, there's this energy, this idea of intelligent infinity. And so when they ask, they, they ask that each of the different units are called logos. So uh, the galaxy is a like living... Lo- like logos is in like the ancient Greek term logos? It is, it is referred to that. It's also in the, in the Bible. There are some interpretations that say in the beginning was the logos. But the concept of logos described in the law of one is that each separate ind- entity that is independently a part of intelligent infinity. We are a sub-logos. We are aware as a sub-logos, right? The planet, according to Ra, is a sub-logos that is an independent, aware consciousness. And the sun is the, the, the main logos of our solar system, according to Ra, using its power of light to create densities and has created the entire solar system and created all of the planets. And so they had, uh, you know, the, the, the sun is... In, in many terms, a god to them in their understanding of the way that the universe works and that there are levels of logos. There's there's groups of star systems. There's the galaxy, which is its own logos. So the concept, there's this idea as we move up in consciousness, there may be levels where there is an independent entity that is the sun. When you look up at the sun, it is a thinking, creating being that created the planets and had a plan and everything created the planets according to raw four reasons that they have that they have some symbology and everything but at the same time the sun has its own free will each of the planets have their own free will we have our own free will as a part of the system so the earth created living creatures with opposable thumbs in venus i guess venus was different they were able to move up the levels of consciousness they didn't have opposable thumbs um, you know, there's this, the, the archetype of Venus is love, right? So that may be some shades of old archetypes of that planet, according to, there's other interesting material. I don't want to get too crazy with some of it, but that, is that an explanation? Does that make sense? Why maybe people in the, have interpreted him as the, uh, the sun god, it was his interpretation of what the sun was in relation to the universe. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, that's, that's okay. So you brought up a good point, which is that what we know about evolution, what we know about consciousness is a hundred percent based on our, our view of our, you know, our life on earth. Science. So, well, right. the science that we've created, which science is basically just right. observations of repeatable over um, a very short period of time. What yeah, we've been able to observe. It's just with repeatable patterns right? basically yeah. is, is all science is, um, or observable patterns. Um, now if you look at the entire universe of what we know, 
There's right. so much out there. It's so vast. We're discovering stuff new every day. Even within right. our own solar system, we by no means know everything. Yeah. Um, and we've had a lot of people on our podcast, you know, that talk about how the universe and scientists too that. Um, the universe may be conscious. That's a lot. I've seen that a lot now in um, mm-hmm. uh, scientific articles. That's a, that's a big one recently. Um, you know, the thing is, for me, when I think about this stuff, the channeling thing, it, it, it's kind of. I'm not against it. I'm very skeptical of it, but not skeptical yeah. is that I don't believe it's possible. Um, it's more of. I just think that, like you said, how much of it is coming from that person? Like, how much is that person projecting from their own subconscious? It's a real question. Yeah. It's a real question. Yeah, yeah, but if we're all connected in the first place, maybe it's already within us. That's what I was thinking. So, you know, we might be channeling something from within us, but there's definitely a serious question that we have to ask with every channeled work is its legitimacy, and we can only really judge each of us ourselves on that. That's really all that we can do. We are, If we're stuck with science, then we're only going to use the evidence we have for science. I think that we're still limited. If there's information like this, where else would we get it? If, uh, if an alien intelligence sent us a signal, would it be by satellite, or would it be through consciousness? And so there is a, this, hey, if we can explore this information. So what I try to do is I'm not going to ignore it. I'm, gonna, I, I'm somebody that's that just an information junkie. So I'm going to read this information and I'm going to judge for myself. There's always going to be a part of me that says, maybe not. <laughs> there's always going right. to be a part of me that does that because that's important for me with everything. But there's also the, that part of me that I can separate and say, maybe. And how does this corroborate with everything else that i already know right right? (laughs) well yeah it's all it's uh, all uh cross-referencing it's all connecting the dots you know the only thing i've i tend to check myself you know with the confirmation bias cognitive bias that kind of stuff because yeah it's easy our brains are wired towards pareidolia we're looking for patterns that's what we do looking exactly so you you do have to um check yourself sometimes and there's been things that like when we started this podcast there's so many more things that i thought were true or there was truth in them or they were accurate or they were real mysteries or whatever that i now are i know for a fact are not you know they're bunk they're fake they're right whatever they've Mm -hmm. been debunked and um i like to tread and i texted you this too there is a real fringe out there there is this real window absolutely no doubt of mystery however it's the more I learn, it becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. I'm not saying it, it'll, it's going to disappear at some point, but right. I think when you're on the, the 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 path of truth or enlightenment or whatever you want to call it, you tend to find things. Um, it, it's a more of a narrow window, and once you get to the point where I feel like you've maybe been doing it for a long time, you have a better grasp on when you hear something or you read something or whatever, uh, you can cross reference it against everything else you've learned and know, okay, this is bunk or this is good, or there's something good in this. Um, Right. But uh, no, you make some good points. And I I don't think I encourage everybody to look at, you know, everything that's possible. And even science is looking at, you know, metaphysical stuff like psychic abilities and obviously there's been our even our government with the uh the sri uh remote viewing program and stuff like that right um you have even scientists like rupert sheldrick who does experiments with you know animals predicting when their owners are going to be coming home and uh also the one where you can tell if somebody's looking at you you know when your head's turned 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And they found that I think it's like 54%, which is 4% more than half, which is something, you know what I'm saying? So, right. um, there are, yeah, you know, pretty crazy. even Dean Radin, his book, real magic is a great book that talks about Psy and all that kind of stuff too. Dean Radin is amazing. Yeah. Uh, he's a huge, I, I, I totally respect his, his science too. Yeah, well, uh, one he's of the a real scientist about the, for sure. These, um, these channelers, <laughs> Jim, the, these channelers, the impressive thing is they were questioning it too. There's notes and comments they're making. Also, when you read the book, they're questioning some of this stuff too. They're taking the information. They purposely never told the channel any of the information for almost like six months so that they could make sure that the, the information they were receiving from the channel was legitimate. So they're, that's one reason that I found it interesting is that they had the same uh, the same questioning idea of the material they were receiving in that moment. They weren't saying, oh, this is the truth. They were, they were questioning it as well. So there was well, I had a quick question for yeah, you. Go ahead. Yeah. Amazing. No, no, go ahead. I was, I was, just, I was just curious. Uh, do they like, how do they decide which questions they're going to ask? Each, they, they, this is done over about a three and a half, um, I think three and a half year period of time. So it seems kind of like it built on itself. Like they would have the, the the channel can only talk for a certain period of time and then they and then they would stop the channel would say we cannot the the life energy of the channel is too low we we, we must continue at another time so they would kind of develop their questions over time they would ask some beginning ones and it seemed like there's some seeds but they only could ask a certain way there are times when ross said sorry we can't answer that or they will never volunteer any information so they had to be kind of tricky with their questions to get information but some of the information is pretty mind-blowing they do ask about previous incidents about ufos and where they these encounters occurred and what they mean and why we have ufo encounters and Ra knows it's irrelevant they even said we're asking you this information because it's possible this material might be read on a wider scale because people will be answering um, interested in this we understand it's not important would you still answer and Ra said okay so they raw would answer some of these questions uh about certain ufo contacts which was also interesting but um, what happened? yeah what's that what'd they say Oh, there's a whole bunch of different. They go back over major UFO contacts and ask what was happening in those UFO contacts. Um, yeah. There's an, there's there's one of the things about this that is interesting. They describe several things. Number one, that it explains the Fermi paradox. Right? We have this yeah. question: Why aren't we seeing these on a regular basis? It's a real question. We see so much of the universe and galaxies. At least on some level, you would think that we would see robots right? Uh-huh. There's been billions of years. You'd think there would be advanced artificial intelligence or robots that we would have access to. Well, or whatever, yeah, some we, sort of seeing, like a uh, von Neumann yeah. probe, which is right. what they think, and, and this, you know, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. There's got to be some von Neumann probe uh, with my understanding of just basic tech and advancements in technology. But we are purposely, the, the, the earth is purposely being limited in our information just so we are free will and our natural, uh, evolution is not enhanced okay, okay. Is, is it the explanation that the law of one gives um and so there are they, they explain that there are several ways to travel beyond the speed of light that are described there are some there are some races according to the law of one i'm not saying this is true but i'm just i'm relaying that that use uh and they, they explain as uh, advanced understandings of hypothermia so that they can travel for long distances less than speed of light um, they indicate that that's from Sirius. They indicate that there's some races that reach a certain level in their understanding of consciousness where they can do a slingshot 
using light that travel um, in instantaneous ways. The, the questioner who's, a, the, who's also got a degree in physics is asking about how this works. And then there are certain levels, once you, re once you reach the sixth density of consciousness, according to Ra, you can travel instantaneously through thought. Mm -hmm. instantaneously anywhere in the universe and that a lot of these advanced alien races do that and they're very easily for them to to retain invisibility and they so they they may have certain different differing interests in in our planet but they can't violate the the free will there's some kind of overlying if you violate free will then they they can't do it there's certain places on the earth um, where you can randomly uh, kind of get into the Earth's force field. It's not perfect. The system is not perfect that blocks the Earth from the rest of the universe, according to Ra. Um, but when I'm reading this, I'm going, oh, that's so interesting. It's right. part of it me is like going... sounds like a sci-fi novel. It yeah, does. It crazy. sounds like a, uh, me, an old science fiction fan that loves science fiction, was probably going to be drawn to this anyway because I love that. I love, you know, anything science fiction. So part of me is reading it like it's I'm reading a, an advanced uh, version of the Jedi and Sith. You know, it's, there's yeah. there's definitely negative influences and positive influences and and there's disinformation and weird stuff. The UFO stuff is not important. There are, if you're a spiritual seeker that comes to the law of one, you can find stuff in that material that even if it's not completely true, that will spiritually speak to you and help you on spiritual levels with meditation and things like that, that are um, talking about, you know, universal things that, 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 uh, that have power. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, they, they, they go back over our history and all kinds of interesting things. It's, it's pretty good. Why do you think a lot of channeled material, um, whether it be the law of one or even the Urantia papers, that kind of stuff. Why do you think it's associated with like extraterrestrial, not even necessarily like what we think is a prototype alien or gray alien, mm -hmm. but just something metaphysical. That's a being that, you know, some would consider an angel, some would consider an right. alien, some would, you know, there's all these different takes on kind of this same thing, which would be these, right. you know, extraterrestrial beings. I, I, my impression, my feeling is when we talk about the universe, the thing that's missing with a lot of science and physics and astro astronomy is consciousness. That the universe is consciousness and that there's different levels of consciousness going on all the time. So these channeling efforts are a part of that. And, and in many ways, we've limited the discussion of consciousness when we talk about alien intelligence because we're talking about science, we want proof and we want those things. But the channeled works, it's one of the, the only and best ways to get information to us. And so there might be people that have their own, um, their own plans or things that they're doing that they're not legitimately channeling and it's easier to claim that you're channeling an entity uh, without proof. But, they're, but to me, that it feels like that, that, that we are a part of some global thing that's going on some some universal thing that's going on uh that's dealing with consciousness and it's and it's definitely related to channeling i mean maybe in the universe channeling is just a form of communication no different than me calling you on the phone but yeah. with us it's this weird thing that we don't understand it's hard to you know so i don't know it's a good question uh it really is why aren't we just getting uh why why aren't channels just from an alien that just wants to hang out with us and give us information about music or something it's not metaphysically related that's it, a question it, that i want to yeah, know it's kind of a weird dichotomy too because in one sense we exist so we 
therefore know it's possible for something like us to exist, whether exactly. it be on another planet, in another galaxy, somewhere else in the universe. They could have different physical properties. Maybe they're non-physical, and it, like you said, just some sort of consciousness that's formed in some other way that we're just not aware of. you got to start right. thinking outside the box when you think about that. But on the other hand, you know, I, I'm sure you think about this too, and I think about it a lot as well, mm -hmm. is that we could be this crazy anomaly that happened you know like we could be exactly and i'm not saying i necessarily even believe that but i think to not think about that if you're thinking about the other things is doing your like i said it's like confirmation absolutely bias. you're doing yourself a disservice because you're not really looking at it objectively so um yeah. you know what are we why are we here you know like we are Great living we're living breathing magic so um mm -hmm. you know I, I i have a hard time when i listen to scientists just talk about observable facts because if you look at the history of science whether it be you know and thomas kuhn talks about this in the philosophy of science that um you know at some point enough evidence will bottle up creating a paradigm shift which will cause a scientific revolution you know we've seen it with mm -hmm. you know galileo and newton and yeah. you know einstein all throughout the times my thing on that is when you look at those guys, they were all outside the box thinkers. No scientific progress has been made via crawl, you know, like crawling observations, meaning that when we look at science today, yeah, we're making breakthroughs to make, you know, human life better on this planet or whatever. But in terms of big picture stuff, you really don't see that many people thinking outside the box, pushing that, that, that fringe line or pushing the envelope. Um, right. You know, I think that I think that you have to do that in some regard. And I'm not even saying like get crazy with it, but just push the bound, keep pushing the boundary a little bit. You know, when you yes, most of the scientific field now is just taking data that's already in place and looking for variations of that or looking, you know, to deviate yeah. a little bit. But we need that crazy outside the box thinking. You know, that's just my opinion on. That. Yeah, someone needs uh, to take a big swing here, that's all. Yeah, I mean, a lot of science today is just corporate science that has specific interests involved based on corporate interests. A lot of independent science is not getting as much funding. And the, and the ones that do, we don't hear a lot about, or it's confusing, or the scientists involved are afraid. Mm -hmm. There's a deep fear of being chastised or undermined. They consider their own personal interests as more important. I mean... Even talking about the law of one, my channel is about the law of attraction and, and, and a little bit, part of me was like, maybe I shouldn't put this out. It's a little bit crazy. You know, I know you've had similar considerations. Some of the stuff, there's certainly, yeah. uh, the, some of the stuff, once there. you start to talking about it, you worry that you lose, you undermine your own credibility and we should be able to talk about this stuff. Even if it's not true, we need to break the, the boundaries and try to think outside of the box. Exactly as you said, I think that's what we're missing right now in this discussion. I don't claim to be an expert. I just claim to be somebody that's gathering this information. Why aren't why aren't we talking about this more? And that's what's so great about your channel is that you're open to these ideas, but you're questioning the validity at the same time. You you have a a very healthy uh, questioning of this material, which is good. Um, a healthy reticence just to accept it fully, which is why I respect you guys so much. So. It's oh, something you. that we need to talk about, you know? Well, um, I mean, I, like I said, I think that there are things that we can't explain. Somebody commented, definitely woo-woo. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> woo-woo! 
Right. But again, you know, Newton was woo woo. You know, when the Greeks were Newton talking about when the right. Greeks were talking about daemons and demons and, and, right. and spirits and you know, all these things are connected to something. My my personal take on that is a lot of this stuff is connected to psychedelics. Psychedelics have played a huge right. role um in how we've gotten to where we are today. Right. So, um, so Ra talks about psychedelics. Okay. And that's the interesting. So Ra is saying we have intelligent energy that, you know, the sun is a creator of intelligent energy. If you look at the physics of light, we are made up of light that's a certain vibrational level that becomes density and certain different kinds of light. So we have different we have different energy centers in our body that that communicate with this intelligent energy and s many times in our spiritual progress they're blocked but these psychedelics can open up access to some of these energy centers and access to intelligent infinity and so a lot of times what people are seeing when they see uh, fractals or uh, creatures or entities when they do different psychedelics is they're 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 gaining access to an intelligent affinity that's always there all the time and it's a part of our spiritual progress and psychedelics are speeding up that process that we're going through um, sometimes it can be unhealthy as Ross says and points in, but it is one of the things that is we, we're opening ourselves up to intelligent affinity before we in so many cases are supposed to uh, and I think that's one of the things that that's done, that psychedelics has done, is opened us up to the possibility of the outside-of-the-box universe that many of us limit ourselves when we consider things to be woo-woo, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, again, I mean, and what is woo-woo? Yeah, I think there are crazy people out there, whether it be in the UFO community, whether it be in the, um, you know, ancient civilization community, whether it be, you know science in general i think to not question certain parts of science you have to be kind of a yeah. fucking idiot excuse my language but yeah. you know like if you're not oh. if you're not questioning some aspects of science then you're just going to go with the dogma of the day you really aren't going to learn right. anything you know like i think for like i said personal truth and um path of enlightenment you come across things you can't explain i've had things in my life that mm -hmm. have pushed me in the direction of doing this podcast that before mm -hmm. that, I was very dogmatic, just day-to-day -day consciousness, not really caring about anything mysteries or metaphysical. I mean, I've always been curious about things, but never, you know, with as much as I have within the last three years. And and things that have brought that on are some synchronicities that are just undeniable. When people say, mm -hmm. um, you know, they want to say, "Oh, it's a coincidence." Uh, go fuck yourself, because I know what the what I saw and what I've experienced. <laughs> and if you're going to tell me that that was a coincidence, then I, I it must be the most astronomical coincidences that have ever taken place. You know, and I'm not right. talking about like little things either. I'm talking about big life changing things. Um, and and there's some people that like to turn away from that too when something like that happens. You know, I think even skeptic, uh, who's one of the top skeptics, Michael Shermer. Uh, mm -hmm. has a story about him on his wedding day with his wife where um, he was, he had been, she, she had gotten a, a radio that was like some old timey radio from her dad or something like that. Um, and he had been working on it, working on it, working on it. He couldn't get it to work. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the wedding, on their wedding day, they were, they were sitting in the room and some like song that was like memorable to her came on that radio and they had no explanation for it. Like I said, he's a hardcore skeptic to this day. 
He right. doesn't know, wow. you know, how that, you know, he talks about that too, you know. But I love those stories he, like he, that, yeah. man. I could listen all day. He equates it to. I, had, I, I know a story like that where the radio started playing a song and it wasn't plugged in, similar to what you're talking about. Like a, a song came up, it was a father's former radio. It's similar coincidence to what you're talking about. Uh, and how could they, I mean, the radio wasn't plugged in and it's wow. playing music, you know. There's um, going to be proof in the future of the woo-woo that we have now scientifically. That's my belief, that we are dealing with stuff that has basis in science. There's a basis in science of all this stuff. It's just beyond our ability to comprehend. Well, We're not asking the right questions. Right. And I also think, though, to your point, that we definitely take things too far sometimes. Too. Like what you're saying, you're into yeah. science fiction – that probably sure. has an impact. Um, yeah, it's going to definitely be a part of my bias. Just like no how, for it. me, I'm super into ancient civilizations, ancient Egypt, right. ancient Greece, that kind of stuff. So my preconceptions of those, the mysteries, like the Eleusinian mysteries and the Egyptian mm -hmm. mystery schools, like that kind of stuff, definitely influences the way that I think about um, those civilizations. Now, I, I hardcore reject the ancient alien stuff not just because there's really no proof for it but because i just i i i understand that people did that you know what i'm saying like most people look at the pyramids oh how yeah it's still a question to this day how did how was it exactly made but there are a few mm -hmm. different theories that make sense you know what i'm saying there's the external ramp theory there's um you know the internal ramp theory there you know we know that they were able to do stuff like that. Because it's like, if you're going to talk about the pyramids, right. well, what about all the temples? If you're going to talk about all the temples, yeah. what about all the intricate machine, you know, machining marks on some of the stuff like that? So, right. I, I, and, and it's not so advanced. Like, you have to think about this too. And I'll, I want your take on this from, because I know that yeah. the, the law of one talks about this, but we know that, let, let's say you are an extraterrestrial or let's say you are from right. a different world or galaxy or whatever you're going to come down and you're going to build things that aren't even precise out of blocks. Like the, the pyramids pretty precise in terms of its alignment, North, South, East and West. Um, right. and in terms of, you know, the alignments and all that stuff. But when it comes down to like each blocks, the way it was specifically cut. And we know a long time ago, it was had, right. a, had a different coating on the outside along with a capstone. So we know that there's some right. things, you know, anomalous things. However, we know that they had tools to do that kind of stuff. You know, even like the obelisks, we know that they pounded them out of the ground with, um, uh, is, is it dolomite or diorite? I forget, but they pounded them out of the ground. And we know that because there's still an obelisk in the ground with pounded out tool marks on them, you know? Right. So that's, that's my take on that whole thing. That's why I don't believe in the ancient alien. I'm not saying that ancient aliens have never visited here ever. I think anything right. like that's a possibility. But to say they came down and built things here, I think that's a whole... So what Ra is claiming, and you might be right. So what Ra is claiming when they asked him about that is that we were at a point when Egypt was at a point that the leader of Egypt at the time, I don't remember which one he, he, he mentions it in, was open to the law of one and the earth if once we reach a certain point we can move to a new density they had asked the people that that what, are what's in density of earth, by the you keep talking about density explain this density. we're moving through the levels of consciousness and so we're in a third density according to Ra. we're in a third density so does that mean dimension is, is it associated it, with it, dimensions? it's related to dimension uh, yes and so 
when planets go into they they move into a fourth density and it's part of the evolution of planets throughout the universe according to ra and so ra thought we they they could help because they were in advance because they were sixth density they came here in the form of a thought and built the pyramids because all matter is living and they had come to the point where they could manipulate matter and move the pyramids and they explain in the, how they did it and at the time that it was built the alignment of the pyramids was designed to to help people come into contact with intelligent and infinity and it was a spiritual it was a spiritual thing it helped increase energy um, but it didn't work because the elite at the time pushed out the and, and it just ended up being a, a detriment and, and Ra realized that it had made a mistake at the time it was naive Ra says they were naive and thinking that this could work there is a technology behind pyramids that doesn't exist anymore at the time it was some uh, a focal point uh, to increase energies and allow people to to move on there's some teachings of that so uh when you read it you'll have to, to judge for yourself I mean, I listened uh, you, to you it on right. uh, YouTube a little bit, so I did listen to it. Um, right. I, I, the thing is with that is, so you're saying that these invisible spirits built the pyramid? Like, wouldn't somebody have seen they this? They were not like, invisible. Okay. At the time, no, they became, became his thoughts. They came, th yeah. this time when they did it, they became, they asked, they became a physical entity that came um, instant, they can travel instant, instantaneously once they reach that certain level of consciousness. And they came here, and became physical. People saw them. They even asked, "Could people see you?" Yes. They and people oh, saw them. Damn. They showed up because of the level of technology. It was acceptable. People were more accepting that there so, were but, gods and those kind of. But again, so, so these, how many of them were there? And wouldn't somebody have noticed? See, they didn't really explain. It, yeah. You know, it, they didn't really go into. They, they, they didn't ask. Right. They didn't ask. There's questions they probably could have answered. Or it, I missed it when I. It, it's it's so dense. There's so much material. When I, the, but that was their explanation, and they even say it's it's a time that's passed. The pyramids aren't important anymore. There was a capstone. They described that. They gave you descriptions of why they did that. It had, and and, and a group affiliated with Ra also went to South America, and did pyramids as well at the same time. It was a time that our Earth could, had potential to move to a another density. It's they you know they. Uh, that was their explanation of it. Uh, See, I, I do believe, I've read about the, the pyramids, that even though, yes, it can be done, the complication of it is very difficult for me to get my head around. It is, it, it just, it's hard for me to believe that it was just done by humans for the heck of it. They did it and they used ramps and all of these things. It, there is something uh, supernatural about the pyramids just because of the time it was built. But I might be wrong, you know. That it that right. that's my feeling about it. You know, I agree with you, and I agree with your. Uh, there's something going on with the pyramids. You have to look at Why though. But the pyramids, yeah. you have to look at not just the Great Pyramids. You have to look at all the Egyptian pyramids, and there is a. Why lot. were so many pyramids being built at the time? What was the reason? But but the, you have to look at the construction, and you know the construction of the Great Pyramids is the greatest accomplishment of ancient Egypt. Right. How, however. There's the pyramids at Dozer, or yeah, there's the pyramids, um, you know, there's different pyramids that are like lead up to the Great Pyramid that were being built, you know, the Red Pyramid, right. the, you know, the Black Pyramid, the different. Um, uh, they asked him, why wasn't it perfect? Why did you have blocks? It well, doesn't make sense. What? But and the, they but, said they, they didn't want to make it perfect. It would have been too much. 
for people to handle. They purposely made it so that it was a process in how right. they built it. It's as best I can explain their description of it. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I guess for me, though, when I think about it, like I said, I've studied a lot of like the academic side of ancient Egypt, too. So it's not I have. Right. I, I believe in a lot of the stuff that like Graham Hancock and, you know, Robert Bavall, some of those guys do. And then you look at some of the other stuff from the mainstream guys like Bob Breer and, um, you know, those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing is with, like I said, you have to look at the, ev- like we know evolution is real, right? So if we know evolution is real, there's going to be evolution of thought and ideas and in, in different things. And as much as the pyramids are a great accomplishment, there is precedent for the lead up to that the difference between the great pyramids and some of the other pyramids is the guy that the architect of the great pyramids was far superior in knowledge and i'm not saying that um where did he get that knowledge well i mean you know the the egyptians were master well they were master masons and here's the thing we do know ancient egypt egyptians were using psychedelics too like there's some speculation that um, well, acacia is prevalent in the area, acacia trees, acacia bushes. And right. we, we know that uh, Syrian rue, which is an MAOI inhibitor, is found without that, you know, without throughout that area. So there could have been some sort of Middle Eastern ayahuasca stuff happening. There's even the blue lotus, which is depicted in um, uh, ancient hieroglyphs and carvings and stuff like that, which the blue lotus is a hypnotic psychedelic it's active ingredients i think it's like aporphine and proaporphine and, and a couple other different things that cause like a uh so uh, at the time we were spiritually moving to some kind of different spiritual level through these psychedelics that might have been a catalyst at the time I just, correct i agree with you i agree with you i just think yeah. though and, and look you can look at the egyptians and they were spiritual incredible yeah. they were spiritually you know, above, you know, in terms of they were the top of the chain when it comes to that, because they were fascinated with death and um, mm-hmm. rebirth and, you know, with the scarab representing that and the, in the mummification process and all that stuff. Um, you know, we've talked about this too, you know, maybe they were creating this place. So if a Pharaoh dies and there's a certain alignment with that, he brings certain things with them. The thought is that maybe they were creating this culture. So these entities, which they thought, would the consciousness would move past death would then reunite with other family members and other consciousness in the same place yeah. for whatever that place may be. But there's definitely reincarnation as a part of that mythology. There is no doubt. Well, yeah, the story of Osiris and, and right. uh, all that stuff. I'm not, again, I'm not opposed to this idea. I just think that, you know, when you talk about the pyramids, it's one of those things where I agree with you there it is an anomaly and we don't know who built them but at the same time there's things that to suggest that we know that I mean the one of the main theories is this is that they know they're pretty sure slaves didn't build them because you would need you know a mass amount of people a and then to, to, fo- right. to, to force them to do it against their um, their will it doesn't show up within the work of the the Great Pyramid, meaning that the uh, the skill level is that high. So the theory right. is is that all the farmers that were skilled masons and, and trade workers who had farms during the wet season when the Nile would flood, they would then go and work on the Great Pyramid because they couldn't do their normal tasks, 
and then they would be paid and taken care for that way. Um, and you would probably need less of them, assuming that they had some sort of, not pulleys, but you know, some sort of way to move these things around. We know there's the, the mayor, um, papyrus that talks about, is it, maybe it's something else, but it talks about, you know, floating some of the blocks down on, uh, on boats down the Nile and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and, and there's granite. We know that Aswan's not that close um, to, uh, you know, the Giza complex in, in that regard. So how did they get all that heavy red granite to Aswan, you know? So I don't know, man. Like yeah. I said, I'm just pointing out mysteries. the counter, no, good the, points. the counterpoints. What only, I do feel, you know, maybe you can agree with me that we are, we know very little about our past. There's a lot more that humanity has gone through then it feels like we've gone through a forgetting that we may have been technologically at another level multiple times, just like Grant Hancock talks about. We might have had, you know, a flood or, or an ice age. We may have reached levels of technology that we are, uh, that we're at now in the past. Mm-hmm. And we don't know. There's no record. Very few people, humans, survived. Uh, who knows what's going on with the pyramids and a lot of other stuff? It's very fascinating, and it feels like there's a lot we don't know. That's what interests me. I feel like I'm just an ignorant living entity. That there, I, There's a lot more about our solar system and our planet and our civ- previous civilizations. I desperately want to know. If there's some way I can know, I want to know. So it's fun to talk about. So no doubt. Should, oh, we, should we dabble in the Urantias or yeah. we can talk about Urantia. So, but but just to to touch back on the law of one before we transition over. Now, right. aside from all the pyramid stuff, you know, what do you think is the the biggest truth that you've pulled from that in terms of? Because here's my take on the channeling stuff: is that you can take things from things that are fake, whether they be made up or somebody's good stuff out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't matter if it's real in terms of, did it come from this mystical source and is it accurate as much as does it help you? Does it give you a good perspective? Does it, does it change your consciousness in a positive way? You know, so that's my take on it. But what do you think is the biggest truth or positive that you've taken from it? If I was to take out all of the, conjecture and and the, and the information that's not important and i was just to look at the important stuff I, I would say that an understanding of our consciousness a, it's like a science of reincarnation an understanding of how our consciousness even in our lifetimes we're moving through certain levels of understanding in our place in the universe which is very spiritually powerful and that we are uh there is a, a right now as we live in this life, there's a, a polarity that we're battling with. It's natural that we see of good and evil that we're dealing with. That's a part of our spiritual path. And it's a part of what we're going through now. And and that we're moving towards a unity with of thought and mind. That's it's interesting to, to conceive of on a spiritual level. Um, and there is some truth in that. The law of seven octaves, we do know that there's something too. Um, the idea that there are seven different levels of consciousness. And that is what is most interesting to me that I ponder on, that allows me in my own spiritual growth, that I'm moving towards a greater understanding uh, beyond my own self. Uh, that's what I've got out of it that is worth discussing that does not, the rest of it doesn't need to be true. Um, that, yeah. that, that can aid and help you. So absolutely, and I get we, we certainly. I get go pissed. Ahead. I get pissed when people make fun of people that are considered like new age or woo woo. 
Because yeah, right. there's there's some charlatans out there. There's some people that want to, you know, do right. readings that yeah have it's just all a scam or whatever the case may be. But then there are genuine people that are like on the path of enlightenment, on the path of truth that are learning at even later in their lives and, and stuff like that, um, that are good people that usually they are better people than most people in terms of they have introspection, they meditate, they're more centered and balanced. Um, so I have a, a real problem when people make fun of it. Cause it's like, you're going to make fun of this person, but you're an asshole that's, you know, working your, your, your ass off just to get material things when at the end of the day you can't take any of that with you, even if there is an afterlife. So a lot of times when I hear people criticizing, it's their own ego that's afraid of this information because some of this information on a spiritual level changes everything that you believe. And so there's a part of you that does not want to believe in that. There's a part of your ego that's not connected to your spiritual self that, that will avoid that. And, and that's one defense mechanism is to make fun of it and to ridicule it because it makes you feel better. Because if it was true, <laughs> then everything changes and that's pretty deep stuff. And I don't want to deal with that deep stuff. I just want to go get my new Ferrari, you know? <laughs> so there, yeah. there's, there, there's, there's a part of us when sometimes you have to question yourself when you hear information and you purposely push it away and then you come back to it later on and you say why did i push it away before and mm-hmm. there is a subconscious part of ourselves sometimes in our spiritual journey that says maybe not now or that's too much so i've found in my own when when i when i say hey this is woo this is crazy and i've come back to it and I, there's some real truth in what i'm hearing is that that my own ego didn't want access to that information that was afraid of it, right? Almost. Uh, I think that's sometimes what's going on. We're not hearing an actual legitimate criticism of this material. We're here. We're hearing fears of the truth of this material by people when they're when they're exerting that criticism. That's what I see sometimes. If does that make sense? Yeah. No, yeah. it makes total oh, yeah. sense. I, <laughs> like I said, I think I, that's why I like your channel because yes, you do di- tap into the, some of the woo-woo stuff, but you have a level head about it, but you also are positive about it. So that's why I'm saying it's like, I think positivity and introspection are are probably the two most important things or qualities to have, especially Mm -hmm. in the world today, based on everything that's going on and the craziness out there. Um, But at the same time, like I said, you have to question these things. You have to cross-reference them. You have to be somewhat skeptical. There are people that are, you know, in the clouds about some of the stuff and and that's fine too. But those people, I feel like if you're going to debate about something or have an intellectual conversation or even an argument at some time, some point you have Mm -hmm. to do your homework. And that means not looking at one side of things. It means looking at all sides of things and and looking at it from, um, you know, new eyes, if you will. And what's what, um, that being said, let's transition now to talk about the Urantia papers, which if All we're right. talking about channeled works, this is something that I've actually read more than a few times. And whether right. it's real or not, I've taken some amazing truth from it in terms of... Yeah. Um, there's some science in it that's legit. Well, there's a lot of... Here's the thing about the yeah. Urantia papers that we're going to talk about. There's a lot of science in there that was from like the early 1900s that wasn't even discovered to be true till later multiverses Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff um you know it goes through the evolution of the planet and and that kind of stuff so 
what do you, what's your take on the Arantia papers? Because as far as channeled works go, so, I think that's probably. Okay, well, it I, sounds I, like I, a lot I, of it shares similar properties to the the, the other the stuff we were talking about it earlier. Does. So it, a couple it things. Doesn't, it doesn't. No, I, the I was first different. exposed to Urantia and was blown away by it by sheer audacity, the hugeness of it, and it's so fascinating <laughs> and interesting. It covers information that we want to know. For instance, what happened? Jesus, why is it when we read the Bible that we have all this period of time where we don't know what happened to Jesus during yeah, that time? Yeah, from 3 till 33, it's all a big mystery. It's, right. I mean, why, why? if he's the Messiah, then we should know everything, right? Mm-hmm. So now, now, interestingly, and, I, and I'll pull it up here, um, they ask Ra about the Urantia paper. So we can go on. Let, let's just read what Ra says about it first. Okay. Bob, um, there's also another writer that I recommend that you read, Martin Gardner, um, who yeah, discussed. What was I've your impression? He's kind of going, he's criticizing the way the material came about, and so uh, I don't know for sure, but I think Magical Egypt had a symposium last year where they had a bunch of different speakers. I think he may have been, maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, but. Right. So you're saying that he was critical. He's like a historian or something, or what's his background? Uh, he's he's critical of it. He goes through a historical background of where it came about mm-hmm. and where the information was coming from and tries to um, – he does a pretty good job in his book of – of questioning some of the validity of the channeling. We don't know who the channel, we don't have a way of confirming where the channel and how it came about and how they typed it. Some of, he gives his history of what he knew about it. So when they ask Ra, the Urantia book, which I haven't read, who gave that? And then Ra always answers, I am Ra. This was given by a series of discarnate entities of your own earth planes, the so-called inner planes, that this material is not passed by the council. Ra explains earlier on that there is a council uh, that uh, of Saturn that uh, is on the eighth density that rules our solar system that approves what goes on on, on our planet. Um, so they're saying that, that it was not approved. He doesn't say it's not true, uh, but th- Ra is questioning the Urantia material uh, or that it's material that we were not allowed to receive. I don't know. Um, yeah, but don't you think from reading, uh, you said that the raw was hard to read. I think the Arantia, yeah. the syntax in the Arantia is so advanced. And when I, it is it, it, look, anybody which out lends there credibility to it, which is the same credibility I give raw is that the, the material, the way it's written, uh, but I've never read. I, I, the only thing I don't like about raw is raw. I am raw, raw. I am raw. I hate that. Like I could, I just couldn't get over that. Right. Whole... It's part of the, it's part of the process of, no, I know, it. I know, but I'm saying the Arantia paper is written as if, the you are being spoken to by some divine figure in the terms of the syntax. Like most people that I hear talking about the Urantia papers or the Urantia book talk about how they couldn't read it or they had a hard time yeah, reading it's, it. It's and it's available on YouTube. Read. You can listen to it too. Yeah. So if anybody yeah, I gotta listen to it if yeah, I can't Ma- read it. Maurice's and even dyxle- when I listen dyslexic to it, ass has to listen to that thing. I've for listened sure. to so many books. When I listen to Urantia, I got it on Audible, you know. Yeah. I listened I can maybe about an hour and i'm i'm lost for a chunk of time every time <laughs> yeah it's one yeah, of those things i i want to i want to say that that uh that i've read it completely but it's been over a long period of time in different sections and some are just incredibly boring some are interesting right. some are beyond me um but there's something to it the idea uh, it's serious effort. Yeah, but it's universal know, bureaucracy. Kind of when you read your answer that there's this universal bureaucracy that's yeah, it's like a of, 
it's like Star sure, Wars, right, or something, something along. It's like of, this yeah. world. It's like a, is there yeah. like a planet heaven, right? Yeah. So heaven's like a planet, right? <laughs> well, it seems like so. he, it seems like um, from reading it that there's there's different levels, kind of what you're there's you know there's the and this is described in the Bible that there's many mansion worlds of God. So mansion worlds are these kind of if you want to equate it to what you were talking about, like the dimension levels before, you could say that where there's right. There's these seven um, levels that you go through these mansion worlds, and at the end of them, you've evolved enough con- your your consciousness or your spirit, whatever you want to call it, that you can then understand or commune with God. Meaning that He couldn't, you can't see Him or talk with Him before that, but once you ascend to this level, then you're able to do it. And there's right. you know, we've everybody's heard of seventh heaven and different things, so there right. is a lot of things that correlate with that law of one is they're saying you are god god purposely separated himself and chose to forget that's what the urantia papers talk about too you just don't know it you just don't know and and let me explain that Mm -hmm. the urantia papers talk about we all have this divine spark or this piece of god this this thing that's within us this thought adjuster um that Actually, I'm sorry. The thought of just but this thing that it's yeah, well, bro. Yeah, well, that's what do you mean? That's part of it, bro. Um, I know. <laughs> but but it talks about this divine spark that we all have, and that's right. that's that's also within Gnosticism. So people that and it's with reality transurfing and and a lot of so, other concepts. I even talk about it in Gnosticism. The main idea is that God was this thing which was forethought, which is this big idea, or mm-hmm. this this. I don't even know what you would call it, like a probability or some thought probability or something. And then right. there's this aspect of God, which was a female aspect, Sophia, which emanated and uh, which emanated from God. And Sophia, I believe in ancient Greek means wisdom. Uh, that's why mm. the word philosophy means the love for the love of wisdom. But uh, Sophia emanated from God without her male counterpart, which was like Christ or consciousness or whatever. And then that created this, not evil, but ignorant God called Yaldabaoth. And Yaldabaoth in Gnosticism is basically the God of the Old Testament, which is, you right. shall not take another Yahweh. God but me. Yeah, he, he's a very um, jealous, angry. angry God. Angry God. Um, right. And then when you start a reading... A real turd, if you will. <laughs> and then yeah. You start reading the New Testament, and it's a completely different story. It's all about completely. love and Jesus. We're talking about different gods, right? Right, right. So when people that are religious talk about the Bible, it's like, do you even know what you're talking about? Because you ha- you really right. have to look at the history, who wrote what, where did you know? The, a lot of the Jesus stuff came, you know, forty years after his death, and pa- from Paul, in right. like seventy nine A.D., which you know. So you have to look at everything objectively, like I was saying before. But the thing that I find interesting about the Urantia Papers, like you said, number one, it talks about Jesus's life. Um, right. And it also talks about Melchizedek a lot. And Melchizedek is an interesting character to me. Um, mm-hmm. He's one of these mystical characters from the Bible that's only mentioned a couple times. I right. think once in Genesis is referred to as so a, a... Melchizedek. Uh, He's like a the spiritual order in the Bible, right? Jesus was a member of the Melchizedek right. order. Right. So Mel- Mel- but he's also a person accord- uh, apparently too, according to um uh the Ranch Papers. So ha- have he- you heard of Paul Selig? Yeah. It's funny that you say that. I was actually listening <laughs> to an episode of Duncan Trussell Family Hour 
And uh, there was an episode where that dude was on there and he was channeling Melchizedek. Channeling Melchizedek. And people can. He has a very unusual way of channeling that. Yeah, so people that are interested in this, and it's kind of crazy. This guy's going to creep you out when he talks. His books are awesome. But his name's Paul Selig, S E L I G. Yeah. And uh, he he channels this entity called Melchizedek. And Mel- like I said, mm-hmm. Melchizedek is a high order of priest from the, the Bible, but he's also referenced as a person sometimes too. So maybe there's, mm-hmm. um, maybe it's an archetype, kind of like Christ consciousness right. kind of a thing. It could be something like that. Um, I think in the Urantia papers, there's different Melchizedeks, but the one that had to do with us was somebody called like Mac, Mac Vent or, um, Machaventa Melchizedek or something along those lines. I forget. I'd have to go back and look, but right. Um, but yeah, it's it's this weird thing. And that guy that you were talking about, that Paul Selig guy, um, you know, yeah, he he's he's like this. So then they walked along the river. Then they walked along yeah. the river. He's kind of when you right. listen to him live, it's disconcerting. When you listen to one of the books where it's not the duplicity, the message is pretty. It, it, it's nothing woo. It's nothing crazy. It's very spiritual and something that you and I could listen to. But yeah, there's something to it. That it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, the Melchizedek thing. Yeah. So what it, the, Ra is saying different. The difference with Urantia and Ra is their explain is their explanation of Jesus. That's the that's the interesting thing. So Ra is saying his real name was Yeheshua, and Yeheshua was had been a previous previous incarnation in fifth density and came back on purpose to be a martyr to introduce his teachings and concept uh, of love um, a lot of what we understand about yeheshua was misunderstood later on that's raw so there is this little bit of a contradiction between those two um that's worth talking about but mm-hmm. yeah when you say <laughs> yeheshua too he's referring to jesus which back then right they didn't have J wasn't really part of their vocabulary, so that was the ancient right. translation to what Jesus, his name would have been. Um, right. And I'm just trying, oh, so your ranch paper, so again, this is a very woo thing. There's no way it to um, verify it, but I think the interesting thing about the Urantia papers is the origin of it, meaning... right. So when we were talking about the law of one, it was this group of people that were almost intentionally trying to channel something. With the Urantia papers, it happened. It was out of the blue. It happened in Chicago in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. I think the 1920s. Um, there was this guy, Doctor William Sadler, who was a debunker by nature. He actually would go around debunking other channelers, mystics, you know, mm-hmm. uh, fortune tellers, that kind of stuff. Um, so him and his wife would go around doing that. And then one night, one of their neighbors came to him and said, you know, you got to come. My husband's talking in his sleep. It's really weird. Come check this out. So they go to this guy's place and there's some debate on who the guy is. Some think he was somehow related to Dr. Sadler. Other people think that, uh, it was just some random banker from the area. Uh, so he goes over there. And this guy is saying all this crazy stuff in his sleep. Um, so he's basically like sleep channeling. Some people refer, you know, or equate it to the sleeping prophet, which would have been a- Edgar Casey, which Edgar Casey would fall asleep and then, right. um, you know, basically come out with all this information. You know, they said he could like lay his head on a book, fall asleep, wake up, and know what, what was inside the book, which is crazy. But um, so then Dr. Sadler 
put this little group together where they were going to transcribe everything this guy was saying and start writing it down, which became the Urantia Papers. And then eventually they started Urantia Foundation and created the Urantia Book. Now, the interesting thing about this is that they're not really advertising it. It's not something that's really out there. It's not something that you would be easily able to find. You know what I'm saying? No. So. No, it's not. um, I I found it at Barnes & Noble because it was this gigantic book. What the heck is this? Right. I didn't even know they sold the full book because I just know their papers. and. Right. I guess the collection would be gigantic. So the other one. This similar is is a waspe. Have you seen this one, a waspe? No, what's that? Which is oh. similar. To, it, it's longer than a urantia, but yeah, when they have it these, can't be longer than urantia, bro. It's longer than urantia. Come. It's the longest <laughs> channeled work. It's, That's impossible. It's very biblical and way more boring than urantia. It's it's straight the boring part of the Bible, pretty much, um, branched out over fourteen hundred ninety five pages. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, to get ready to get settled in, folks. Right. Get some cookies uh, they, and milk and kick they your could legs all up. be. There's a part of me that believes everything could be real. Everything that we're talking about could be real. Right. Um, on some level, there. And, and what if? It's fun to ask that question. What if Urantia right. and Raw and Owaspe and all of it? How are we going to get this information? We're not going to get it through archaeology. We're not going to get it through science. If we wanted, if you wanted to get us this information, how would you do it? If you wanted to get us the Urantia information, this probably the best way to do it is to channel it and then let people decide for themselves, not force it down their throats, but make it available, make the information available. So I don't know. Yeah, it's all these things are, are great points. It's really hard, like I said, to not look at the channeling thing with a skeptical eye. And I and when I mean that, I, 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 I do mean it from coming from a place with like yeah. an open mind, but I think there is this thing, which is true open mind skepticism, um, right. in which, you know, there are weird anomalous things, but you do have to look at, uh, you know, the, the bigger mm-hmm. picture and where it could fit in and that kind of stuff. And I just think, so that, let me ask you, when you think about your rancher, what was the spiritual teaching that you got out of it? That's that, that has helped you spiritually. So, um, for me, when I first read it, well, first of all, the reason why we got into it was I was just looking up something about Jerry Garcia and the guitarist from the Grateful Dead. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and in there, in what I was reading, it said Jerry Garcia, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, Steve Vai, uh, and like some famous composer, like all these mu- famous musicians were avid readers of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have like one of my guitar heroes, Jerry Garcia, reading this thing. I want to know because right. he had some crazy, you know, uh, um, imagination when you look at the songs and the. Uh, yeah. And, and, and even Steve I went as far as to make almost an entire album dedicated to it where there's certain songs that are called things from the Urantia papers. So what was this thing, you know, like so. <laughs> He's not hiding that one. So that intrigued me for sure. You know, like who are all yeah. these crazy artists that are some of the best of our time and what was this thing that they were reading so at the time i was still playing in bands and playing music and stuff yeah um so started reading it and it just seemed like there was the fact that it was fusing science with religion or not even religion but science spirituality and philosophy um Mm -hmm. is kind of what's because you know 
there's not re- that doesn't really exist many other thing you know like there's not many other works that you can read that have those things usually they're separate you know there will be you can read science all day long or you can read spirituality all day long or you can read philosophy all day long but they usually right. don't overlap maybe sometimes philosophy and spirituality but not all three of those things together so even though when i was listening to it and reading it and trying to gather as much information as i could it wasn't that i was believing that this thing was real wholeheartedly but just that some of the topics and some of the like we said before you can take bits of truth you know and things that have to do with um personal introspection and insight and you know love and um you know consciousness-based things you know that kind of rang true with me and i hadn't read that in anything that was like that before so i guess that was pretty much um it i know maurice got into it for a little bit too so i mean he might have a different take on it no i mean well it, it's kind of what brian was saying you know like i try to listen to it at work but if i was doing anything where my brain needed to be there <laughs> i could i I'd lo- seriously i'd lose my place in it every right. time you got to be paying you can't do anything you got to sit there and really <laughs> think about what's going on with that bad boy but it's well, cool the one, yeah we, one ahead. thing we all have in common the three of us is that we know there's more to the universe and we deeply want to know there's just this yearning i, was, I, I, I just say if there you. isn't that's a big waste what a waste right there there's a feeling that we can have access to some higher level of information deep down we know that it's there that we're blind and ignorant to what's really going on when we look up at the skies and look up at the universe and yeah. i, I want to know and if I have to read some false information in the process, oh, so be it. That's going to be part of the process. But I'm, I want to know. There's something more to this, and I want to know. So finally, <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to touch on something. So when we had uh, Soraya uh, from Where Did the Road Go podcast on our podcast, we were yes. talking a little bit about like channeling stuff, and he had mentioned this thing that I'd never heard of, which is called the Seth material. Mm-hmm. Um the Seth material is another channeled piece. It was channeled by a woman in the 60s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, her, her husband was like a painter or something. So they, I guess she would channel this guy, Seth, from history. And I don't even think he was anything particularly, uh, no. he wasn't like a divine or anything like that. It was just... It sounds a, like evil almost. No, He's no. a multidimensional being, basically. Well, just kind of an explorer. He didn't explain himself as being human. He had right. been incarnated in different things, but... But what yeah. he explained is is that consciousness, like what we're saying, is all there is. And consciousness mm-hmm. survives death. And um, it's basically about how when we die, you know, the Seth person is explaining that we just become this disembodied spirit or consciousness or whatever and that we transcend and that it's correlated with reincarnation so we just keep living different lives over and over but with the same consciousness or personality i think is what they describe it as Mm -hmm. um so i haven't gone too deep into it but that's just kind of what i've taken from it yeah i'm Uh, a huge fan the seth material is amazing and i recommend it for anybody that is on a spiritual path it's it truly jane roberts was the person that 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 channeled it and if you want to know more of her background she wrote a book on uh on the process she went through on how to channel and you can see uh, when she was channeling she was out of it which is one of the reasons i find legitimacy in some of these she wasn't awake and talking she would not remember like 
her, her husband would sometimes she would remember but the person that would record everything would tell her about it so she was leaving and he would come in and so there's some legitimacy with this channel and it wasn't anything crazy i mean he was talking about how our thoughts create reality and he does explore a little bit how there are parallel universes but primarily the most fundamental teaching is that we create our reality and he gives examples and teachings on it and it's powerful stuff it's the beginning if you go back and look at esther hicks and abraham who's incredibly popular uh you know about esther hicks i've no. seen okay. you mention it i know you post stuff like you've done so episodes esther hicks, about it. esther hicks is uh, amazing and the, the thing about esther hicks she's claiming to channel abraham which is source as an entity uh but when you go and visit uh go watch Abraham. If it's her that's doing it, it doesn't matter. The bottom line with Abraham's information is you will get something out of it, even if it's completely BS and she's not channeling anything. I think there's different levels of channeling, like a wider band and a more singular band, like with Ra and Urantia and Seth. It's like a single like a single band that's coming in. And then you might be with, with like uh, Abraham. But she learned everything and started her path towards channeling from Jane Roberts. So there's different kinds, but but it's the same message. It's it's just letting us know uh, we create our own reality, which is a fundamental teaching that a lot of us don't get or understand, or in many ways is used against us. Our ability to create reality is used against us. Uh, and so a lot of maybe this entity like Seth just wants us to become aware of our, our power through the law of attraction to create reality and the teachings they're not complicated i recommend any of the books there's a bunch of them that you can get on audible um and fantastic stuff really interesting another reason why channeling works interests me one of the things about it channeling that for instance with esther hicks i've gone and seen esther hicks and there's something going on i i could see an energy and maybe that was just me wishful thinking but mm -hmm. when she's speaking i could see an energy the crowd's involved there's something going on there uh, but when she is channeling, she doesn't have to give evidence. She doesn't have to say, well, based on si studies, you should do this or that. She can say, you should do this or that. Uh, so it's sometimes maybe if somebody is saying they're channeling, it's easier for them to give information because they don't have to go back and cite research or articles. They can come from a place of authority. Mm -hmm. So some people that are faking channeling may still have some relevant information because it allows them to say truths. You know, does that make sense? Like no, she can yeah. get up and say you, and she doesn't have to say, well, the science says this, and this is how I found this. There's so there's there's that too on channeling that you can get this information. It's direct, and you don't question it as much. You're not saying, okay, what, what's the scientific basis behind it? So it's a different way of assimilating this material, if that makes sense. So, so absolutely. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna point this out though, and I and I don't want to come off as Here like e go. egotistical or whatever. No, but, no, hey, okay. so so. But this is this is what I think is personal truth. You mm -hmm. and I are both deeply into meditation. I have kind of like mm -hmm. a mixed hybrid of like an ancient form of meditation mixed with a family tradition meditation, right. uh, mixed with my own little things that I do. I know you do meditation pretty avidly, and you even post a lot of uh, guided meditation on your channel. For me, absolutely. For me, if if channeling was going to happen why why wouldn't it have happened through me meaning that i'm on a path of truth and enlightenment i know a okay. lot about ancient civilizations ancient history the way the mind works the way consciousness works the way that um you know what we know about you know the biology of how our, how we're you know basically our, our mind works um 
wouldn't have when during meditation if the if channeling was going to happen now i've seen weird things i've experienced weird things right but, but no entity has ever come to me and started talking to me or um, so my answer to that is how do you know i've had times when i've wanted this okay okay i'm gonna try to channel and i have stuff come to me and i say okay i'm gonna type this out and then i was that me I don't know. Couldn't have been. I, I'm couldn't typing have been it out like I'm channeling an entity. You, you we, have we to be open, though, right? You have to be open to the fact you that it's your open, su yeah. subconscious. You could be talking to your subconscious. You could be talking to your subconscious. There's always that question for me why I would never release any channel material. When I've had sat down and wrote and it felt like I was communicating, was, was that me? And right. I, I might have channeled in the past, but I don't have a way of knowing. It's not like this entity might have even given me a name. Mm -hmm. While I was typing it out and explained who they were, but deep down, it felt like me just coming up with an I coming up with this idea. So I'm not gonna. So uh, we we may be channeling all the time. We may be channeling when what we, we have information coming to us. We don't we may not understand what's actually happening when there is a channel. We're accessing information all the time, and so the question is: Are they going to introduce themselves as an entity, or is it just thoughts? And how do you know the thoughts in your mind are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Exactly, that's the real question so, when it comes to channeling. So I mean, that's speculation that too, right? Too. I'm actually working on a little uh, short movie that's revolving around that concept. Like exactly, musicians. That's a, that's a great when they idea. write these songs, a lot when of these musicians songs, they write them very quick. You know, they're not agonizing. Music and over channeling them. is such a perfect example of channeling. You have a music, a song come to you sometimes immediately. It's all there. Where is it coming from? Are you channeling it? Is it a part of some information field? Is, is it in your brain all the time and it came up? That's the question right. that I want to know the answer to. And you make good points. I think that's the question I have with channeling. Is it me? Is it a part of my deep subconscious? Why haven't I? I mean, hey, I'm, I have access. Wouldn't the entity want to talk to me on my podcast? Hey, I'm perfect. Come on, channel with me. I don't right. know. You know what I mean? And That's I'm not even question. debating that the people that are channeling these things, so that lady that channeled the law of one, I'm not even debating that she was in a meditative state and they asked right. questions. I'm. My thought is... She could have had some deep. She could have read Zachariah Sitchin or, um, you know, what's his face, Chariot of the Gods, Eric Von Donegan. They could. They, she could have read one of those, okay, right. and had that in her subconscious, so that when right. she's channeling, those are the preconceived notions that are coming out based on that. The now, legitimate not, argument against the Law of One is that they were working on channeling. All, as far back as 1972 for nine years she had nine years to work up all these ideas so that by yeah. the time she's channeling this is stuff that she's been talking about with all these people and it may seem like it's out of the blue but it's it, it, it had been a natural fruition of stuff she had already been researching and there's no way for us to truly know and so when you when you get this information you have to judge for yourself everybody does right. and you're right that's my first thought when i'm reading this even though this sounds so advanced, maybe she was pretty damn smart in the first place to create this kind of a channel. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know. That's yeah, why you just never really know. That's the thing. But well, it's yeah. definitely intriguing. If, if out intriguing. of all the three, I think that me personally, that the Arantia papers are the weirdest one in the sense of how it yes, was conceived. The weirdest. Not to mention it happened so long ago before technology. We really have no way of right. confirming or, um, you know, could it just been, you know, mythologized in a certain way or put put out a certain way. Um, the other one would be the Seth material. 
because from what I've read, it seems like it's kind of genuine. And actually, the ideas in the Seth material are just like Vedic or Buddhist type of ideas. Yeah. They're not really that mm-hmm. crazy, you know. They're not They're really not crazy, no. things that haven't been proposed before. So there's that. Right, I right. think the Law of One is the least um, is the least credible out of the three. If if I don't think any of them are really that credible. I'm just going to say that again. And, and it's nothing personal. Right. I'm not s- trying to disparage. If you believe it, amazing. Like I said, I think you can take amazing things from them. And belief is maybe part of that. So if you believe it and it makes you a better person, more the power to you. You know, same thing with the Bible right. or whatever you want to say. Um, even part of the Bible's pretty much channeled, you know. So, right. Um, I mean, so, but, see channel works all the time. Right. right. So my argument isn't for that. It's just that if we're going down this road, you have to also entertain this idea of the subconscious, which has been brought up recently with all the psychedelic um, talk, whether it be DMT, you know, and ayahuasca ceremonies, or um, let's say heavy doses of psilocybin, or, you know, whatever the psychedelic is, there's certain states that you can achieve where you're talking to other beings or you're in commune with other beings. Now, is that other, are those other beings, are they in your subconscious? Are they things that you're drawing from, from your senses? Like you mentioned earlier, um, you know, you guys were just talking about music, about taking in frequencies and, um, you know, being on a certain level or whatever. Most, the way our brain works in the way I understand is like perception is all just, we're vibrating at a certain frequency and this is not woo woo. This is science is that, Molecules vibrate at a certain frequency, okay? So let's say music, music's playing. Let's say it's 432 hertz, it's A, you know? Mm -hmm. That's going to come across the same way because we have some sort of filter within us, call it our mind or our consciousness or whatever. We're taking in that information and we're processing it through our brains and that's what it is. The true could be said for everything. Everything we see, everything we touch, everything we feel Mm -hmm. is all just frequencies that we're we're like a big satellite dish that's filtering some things out. And in that being, you know, I didn't mention this earlier, but we know that we only can perceive like three to five percent of the universe and like spectrum of things anyways. So there could be this whole world of things going on that we just have no idea of. Now, that being said, most physicists, quantum physicists, will say, oh, but we have a good idea, so we can rule out this, that, or the other. But they haven't been able to prove it, because if they were able to prove it, then there wouldn't even be need to have any talk of any sort of mystical or woo stuff, because we would have the answers, which is not the case. Right. So that's just my yeah. little rant on Another that. one that's interesting, I wanted to get your, your opinion on, is The Course in Miracles. That was originally, the interesting story behind that was when the, when the government was researching LSD, the, the program that they had where they were experimenting with LSD, the same doctor was involved in the Course in Miracles. Uh, so there may be some link. If you look it up, there may be some link between the Course in Miracles. She went into a deep trance just like raw, mm-hmm. and she started uh, channeling. They don't. She, she doesn't say it in the book, but channeling what was supposedly Jesus. Jesus is giving a spiritual teaching through this. Um, a lot of it is biblical and, and is talking about love and forgiveness. There's nothing, no aliens are discussed. There's nothing crazy. 
but that's also a link between psychedelics. It's interesting that uh, what was the or, or the government program back in the '60s where they were experimenting? MK Ultra. MK Ultra. I think it even okay. goes back further than that. But yeah, they... I, I think the dude that she was like there. The MK Ultra is linked to the Course in Miracles, and so that tells me even if you don't believe in the Course in Miracles that. There is a psychedelic link to this channeling, and it's why you should be talking about it because your channel is dedicated to that. So there is some kind of we need to explore is there is a link to it, you know, so I think you're right. And here's another sure. point I do want to make because we keep talking about aliens if, if, if it's really if it's even more woo woo than channeling. And I want to point out that I don't think it is because we now have physical evidence of UFOs. Right. Meaning we have the Go Fast video, we have the Tic Tac video, we have the Gimbal video. We have a lot of momentum going on, whether it be right. to the stars and other What are they doing? But who knows? Right? Well, that's 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 the big argument is some people say to the stars mm -hmm. is just a money grab scheme. Some people say that, no, they're legit and they're just interested in the subject. I mean, they've got Hal Putoff, who is part of the SRI program on their team, mm -hmm. you know, who I think is a, one of the biggest investigators of consciousness there, there ever has been. So... Um, in terms of that, like what you're saying, correlating to like what, you know, governments are looking into this stuff. This is not something that weird, you know, like right. when, you, when we're talking about this, the UFO thing, though, we have UFOs on video that are anomalous vehicles that we can't explain that exactly. our, our Navy has acknowledged that, um, you know, other branches of the government have acknowledged. So in that regard, I will point out that if we're if you, if you had to tell me to pick between channeling and maybe they're they're related somehow that we just don't know but if you had to tell me between pick between ufos or channeling i would pick ufos because there's some right. physical evidence of it and i'm not saying don't have faith or don't believe in things that we maybe can't see only that i go but based on proof and what we can um draw from right. in terms of evidence and that's physical evidence right yeah. no i i get it but I, even if channeling is the subconscious and we're getting this information, what an amazing thing our subconscious can do. If if somebody, some dude's subconscious came up with Urantia, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's yeah, pretty that's amazing. Crazy. I mean, even if it's not true, right. and the, 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 the sheer uh, complexity and of it. So channeling is interesting to me as somebody that studies consciousness and the brain it may not be true it's certainly i'm not advocating that everybody needs to go another interesting i've ha interviewed people that that channeled while during the interview i don't know what to make of it but it's something that is interesting i think mm -hmm. that there there is a part of our subconscious even as a sub subconscious trick if i say right now i'm channeling god and i start talking to you as god the stuff i come up with might be pretty interesting even if it's my subconscious speaking right. as uh, this process of channeling has some kind of mental equivalent that's interesting to study um, that may help us to explore the subconscious mind as humans right uh, and i think uh, whatever though, aspect of it. i think the, the psychedelics are going to be a huge part of exploring the subconscious mind too i think with all the yes. psychedelic research going on we're going to have a, a pretty good idea number one about maybe uh, unveiling some other aspects of consciousness that uh, traditional science hasn't yet to point out. Uh, the other thing could be that maybe, you know, there's a lot of talk that these DMT entities are part of our subconscious or maybe epigenetic memories or something along those yeah. lines. 
we we would probably get to the bottom of that sooner or later. I'm not even saying we'll get a for sure answer because obviously that's what science is, this constant evolution of ideas and people building off of each other and creating um, mm-hmm. this reality. But uh, I think that we're going to have a pretty good idea sooner than later kind of what's going on. But that doesn't rule out the fact that once we know those things, maybe it opens up other questions. Maybe it opens up other right. windows. Maybe it opens up other doors. I don't know. But um, One thing that I believe that I think that more and more science is proving is that consciousness is non-local. So a lot of the stuff that we're experiencing on psychedelic, we are not – the consciousness is not existing inside of our brain. Uh, when we have imagination or stories and things, there may be an, some kind of, we have access to some kind of larger mind, a field of information that we are getting our information from. Uh, from, from we, we've injured parts of the brain and still been able to remember things. When we've gone and looked at it, it would be impossible. Our memory is not located in a certain part of our brain. So they're starting to think, well, our consciousness may not be local. And if that's the case, then everything we're discussing becomes even more important because there's aspects of our consciousness outside of our mind, which we may unveil when we have, we take psychedelics or access when we channel. Right. That yeah. might be part of what's going on. So... <laughs> No, it's an interesting conversation for sure. Like I said, I mean, we could talk about this stuff, you know, all day, but at the yeah, end, because we'll never figure it out. Yeah, we, we are never, around, but, you know. <laughs> but that's if the, I'm just sitting by myself all, talking though, you know? about it, it's not as cool as to talk about some other people that have, you know, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> and so sitting people listening to this, it, I'd crazy. love to read you the got comments. A people. Put comments yeah. on this video. I want to hear your comments. I'm not standing here as an advocate that says this is the truth. I'm saying this stuff's interesting. I want to know what you think. That's right. what I, you know, that's my, my, yeah, that's, it's that's, that's crazy. That's what we do for sure. Th- that's pretty much what we do on most of our episodes. Yeah. I mean, I have my own beliefs on things and my own theories and right. takes on different subjects and mysteries and, and certain things. But like I said, since we've done this podcast, that window or gap has closed um, to a point now where I have a general idea of mysteries that I think are legit and then everything else that is probably not legit. And, but that is only based on physical evidence and research and studies and different things. So faith, when you start talking about faith and belief and those bring a whole different set of problems to the equation because, um, you know, it's smart. If, if somebody came up with a religion and said, you just have to have faith. It's a smart way to keep those people within the religion because, there's nothing really physical for them to hold on to. And they literally, as long as they're believing it and not actually, um, you know, experiencing something, it's easy to keep thinking, Oh, well, this is real, you know, or something along those lines. But, um, just gotta listen to George Michael, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, careless whisper at the end of the day though, what, what do you think? Um, what do you think is is the biggest, you know, conclusion that you've come up from, or come up come up with from reading these channeled works and talking with other people? Uh, do you think it is like I said, the self embitterment aspect of it, where even if it's real or not, that you do, you know, you, there is I, introspection and those kinds of things, or yeah. do you think it has to do with, um, I think I think belief or hope is a powerful thing. And I always hold out mm-hmm. hope that there is a metaphysical, that that's something that I will always hold out hope for. Right. Um, but do you think that and it's been fundamental, I think to our evolution as people as well. Mm-hmm. 
do you think what what do you take is it is it along something along those lines is it something different what's your your final takeaway from all this it's a it's a really weird question for me uh because i've i've experienced the metaphysical in my life right and i have absolute 100 percent for sure no doubt about it there's no faith with me and so this information a lot of it resonates on a deeper subconscious level that there i'm a part of something bigger there's something bigger going on mm-hmm. all around us that that uh, that is that's the biggest thing that why I'm attracted to this information, because I do believe that I'm a part of something bigger that's going on on this planet. And this information will help me in my spiritual process uh, that that's the best best way if I was to 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 put it to in, in, a, in a smaller level. Um, but it's. I don't want to make any claims or anything like that. Um, everybody should read and access th- this information on your own. And if you have friends like us, we can talk about it. Uh, I don't want to make any claims that tell you that this is how it is or anything. But on a personal level, it's it's made me feel as if there's something much greater going on. And it's helped me to identify things in myself uh, that have sped up my spiritual process in spiritual growth on a daily basis and mm. allowed me to help others uh, on, on a larger scale, just an understanding my own polarities, the way I think, the process of, uh, uh, of how I create my own reality, all of these things, especially with Seth. Uh, when you get an understanding and read Seth, you understand you almost have a, a responsibility in the ways that you think because you're creating the world around you. And so this, this, it's, it's, it's opened up something inside of me that's still ongoing in learning about myself. That's mm. why it's been powerful for me. And all of it has Urantia, all of it, Urantia, Ra, Seth, Abraham, Course in Miracles. It has given me information that has expanded my understanding of how I deal with the world and understand the world and help other people. If that's the best way I can explain it. Well, that's a great explanation. Beautiful. And I think that's why most people believe in religion as well. It's it's this right, you know, this this groundwork. Gives you a reason to live. Yeah, it's man, it's it's know, this it like um skeleton of which you can build off of, like you said, and understand life and what it mm-hmm. really is. I think, me personally, the people that have no hope or the people that are you know, don't believe in anything or whatever. That's kind of right. a, a mundane way of living. And I have nothing against those people, but generally when I come across people like that, that have no personal spirituality, I'm not even talking about believing in a religion, but just some personal yeah. spirituality or belief in some sort of, you know, higher calling, if you will. Um, those people are very pessimistic, very negative. They're generally people that um, will argue with you about stupid mundane things and the way they carry themselves is just a very i don't even know how to explain it just very um downer downer like you know you don't want to be you want to be around somebody that has good energy yeah you don't want to be around somebody that's very negative and very you know uh pessimistic it's just you can feel it you know you can feel it when you talk to them you know so um right like I said, I think it's important to have some sort of thing to believe in, whether it's metaphysical. Well, this or, material or, has yeah. allowed me to look at people like that. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, Keep go on. ahead. It's allowed me to, I see somebody that's like you're explaining, and I see myself in that person. Yeah. I see myself in everybody because of this material and how I think of consciousness. So yeah, when somebody's negative and they've given up hope, 
if you're watching this program right now and you've given up hope, you don't need faith. You can provide proof. If you do certain things, you can see your reality change. Nobody here is promising you things without proof, but you can change your reality just through your consciousness. And hope is one of the aspects that will do it. That's the amazing thing. We don't need to have faith. It's not just on belief. Your consciousness has a direct effect on the reality that you're in right now, and you can change it. And you don't have to believe in this material. Just prove it for yourself. Go and access this material, and you can see that there is a reason to have hope. I know exactly how those people feel because I've been there, and you you probably have had times when you've been there too. Right. Right? Well, I think even, yeah. even yeah. just meditation has been proven, even scientifically, to... Mm-hmm you know, help the brain process things, be you're a calmer, nicer person, uh, has even physical effects too, where people's heart health and brain function and everything is far better when they meditate. So the things that we've talked about are not that crazy in that sense. Now, the question that we propose to it is the meaning Mm -hmm. of it. What is the meaning of this? So meaning is something that humanity always is projected onto the universe. What does this mean? Why are we here? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. What is this purpose? So that's something that we project. I question that every day. Is that something that we have created that there is no answer to because it doesn't even exist, which is kind of a... What is the meaning for you, Mike? What would you... I think I think we're basically some sort of art and I think though the the I think like I, we're 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 art we're living breathing art and I think our our purpose mm-hmm. is to create more and yeah whether it's peep whether it's having kids whether it's being an artist whether it's it's being if you believe that we are all one some like you know Buddhist or Hindu idea or we're all there, you know, some non-duality type of thing. We all are God or a piece of God, or we all right. are part of one consciousness or whatever the case may be. If you believe that, then you have to believe that whatever that thing is would want to live itself out in as many different forms as, and in as many different um, ways as possible, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you would want as much variety, you know, if, if, if one thing split right. into a, a million different things, that thing would want those things to all live different experiences. So for me, I've always thought about it from the aspect of being, you know, a musician and artist myself that you, you, that's the purpose is to create. So that's what I take. away. That's beautiful. What, what about you, Maurice? Good what answer. Do you think? I mean, I agree. I, I, I just think the same thing and yeah. I try and just create stuff. So I'm constantly making videos or whatever. And, uh, I don't know. If it's not the if it's not the case, then it's it's all about finding a way to you know waste your time, if you will, in something <laughs> that you enjoy. I I I think that you really pulled something out of me when you said that it's about creating. Um, I, I I do I think that that's part of the meaning. I do think that sometimes it feels like the universe is a question, like a holographic question that we're that that God asked. With this great power I have to be God, should I, should I, should I focus on myself or others? Kind of. There's a. Everybody's going through some level of understanding. Uh, focus on themselves or service to themselves or service to others. But I, I do agree that we are pieces of art, and that if you if you truly conceive of infinity, 
that it would get pretty boring after a while. You'd mm-hmm. want to forget and you'd want to have multiple experiences and integrate that. And you create a system where you could continue to expand and have more and more experiences and it would make you even greater and better. So I think what you're saying, everything, uh, there's something going on and we're a part of it and it's fun. I'm, it's, I'm grateful to be breathing right now, thinking about it and talking about it. It's totally fascinating. Oh. Yeah. Well, let's wrap it up there. So check right. out uh, Brian's channel. Uh, what's the, it's it's Reality Revolution. It's under your name though, Brian Scott. Um, Brian Scott, right? And you can also the links below. You can check out his website as well. Are you're on all podcast platforms as well? I'm all podcast platforms. Okay. Got a book coming out in February, uh, The Reality Revolution. Uh, so excited about that. So yeah, if you're Sweet. like I said, it's he's got a great page. If you're laying in bed at night and and want to like you know, throw on some guided meditation or something. He's got some great stuff on there. He's also got a lot of interviews with a lot of the subjects we were just talking about, people that are familiar with these subjects and stuff. And um, is there anything else you got? Oh, man, thanks for having me on. It was fun. It was fun. So, yeah, no, I, I we'll get yeah, you on again. Sure. We, you know, I know you're, you're, uh, yeah. you've got a bunch of different topics you can talk about, so we can get you on sure. in the future talk about some other stuff. But uh, this was fun, and I think, you know, it's it's enlightening in terms of being able to look at things with a skeptical eye but also look at the possibilities. I think that's important. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, check us out at uh, patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice. For $2 a month, you'll get some exclusive content. Uh, you can also go to our website, Mike and Maurice Mind Escape.com. And as you can see throughout the whole episode below, we've had all of our social media links. Um, all right, Brian, thanks. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, my man. Have a good one. It's good to see you guys. Peace. Cheers. Peace.